Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. We are getting closer and closer and closer to kickoff just a few days away here. Uh, Put together that new intro music for the show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Send me some feedback on that if you like it. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com or tweet at me at Will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores um i was thinking though like it's pretty uh up tempo exciting motivational and if like you know michigan state loses to michigan later in the year and i come in on a monday with that music i'm like i might need to make like a sad intro just to when things aren't going well maybe make a few different intros one for big games, one for tough losses, one for big wins, like a party one, get some LMFAO type music in here, something like that, and just kind of switch it up a little bit so that the the intro matches the mood. But for now, I'm just going to keep that. We're going to roll with it. Uh, if you produce stuff like that and want to help out, uh, that would be awesome. Um, you know, I can do it myself. I'm not the best at it. I'm okay at it. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone out there is musically inclined uh, on a computer, production, stuff like that, send stuff my way, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. I am always open to taking suggestions, help, things like that. All right, on today's show, we are going to talk with Matt Hapner from The Only Colors. Uh, you guys may know Matt. He's uh, a good writer, smart guy, knows football, knows basketball as well. Knows baseball, he just knows sports. Um, but I think he's really sharp in football. I really like film room uh, pieces that he does for the Only Colors. He's going to come on this fall, hopefully every week, and talk about some film room stuff. But for now, we're going to do a little bit of season preview uh, type action, similar to what we've done the last couple of days. But he'll join us later in the show uh, to start. I'm going to do some depth chart analysis uh, and some things that I thought were interesting from Mark D'Antonio's press conference yesterday because there's not a, a lot of crazy stuff, but I think. Uh, there are some things that are worth uh, mentioning, and I wrote about it, so I'll give sort of a Cliff Notes version again here and just kind of expand on some different things. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing, of course, is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. And if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating for the show. I would greatly appreciate it. Also doing a mailbag, got like six or seven questions right now, but I would love to get more. Uh, you know, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores is how you send those in. And I will be writing up uh, the answers to all of them. And then I'll take a few and, and do something with them here for Locked On Spartans as well. And again, SpartansWire.usatoday.com uh, is where you can get my written work, as I've told you many times before. One last thing. I'm sorry this intro is kind of dragging along here. Uh, I'll make the first segment quick and then we'll get into some good stuff. Um 
Yesterday was the most listened to show or most listened to day in the history of Locked on Spartans by a decent margin. We're just like smashing records every single day, every single week. Uh, And that's really awesome. You guys are fired up for football. You're finding the podcast. You're coming back. And that's really cool. That means a lot to me. I've gotten a lot of really nice feedback. So thanks to everyone who uh, has, has done that, has participated in the show, has gone back and forth with me on Twitter, sent emails, all that stuff. Uh, it's really cool. And I said at the beginning, this is you know not just my show. It's kind of our show. And that's why I have you know listeners on the show to give them a couple minutes to talk about uh, Michigan State sports, something they're passionate about. And that's why I love interacting with people on Twitter. And you know it's just been a really fun, exciting experience. And I'm super fired up to, to get this football season going. All right, long intro over. Let's talk about some depth chart stuff. Okay, so Michigan State releases its first depth chart. (laughs) Easy for me to say. First depth chart for the Tulsa game. And there were some things that are kind of interesting. Nothing shocking, and I don't think we were going into it expecting anything shocking at all. But there were some interesting little quirks here and there that can be kind of revealing. And so I want to go through some of those real quick here. And then I'll, uh, we'll break and then I'll do more in segment two and then we'll have Hapner join us for the third segment. So just a couple things here to get us going. The starting offensive line is the spot that I looked right away. As soon as I was handed the depth chart at the press conference, I looked right at the line. Starters are as follows. Left tackles, AJR Curry. Left guard, Tyler Higby. Center, Matt Allen or Blake Buter. Right guard, Kevin Jarvis. Kevin Jarvis, right tackle Jordan Reed. So uh, we expected Allen and Jarvis to kind of be locked in, and it's a little surprising to see uh, or Blake Buter there, but I think that's more of a, a compliment to Blake Buter. I think he showed some stuff towards the end of last season when he was getting some playing time. So uh, I think both of those guys could factor into what is Michigan State's best five ultimately. We'll see. I think Michigan State can be strong at the guards. Uh, so we'll see if Buter can slide over, if Allen can slide over, however that shakes out. But it looks like Allen's going to get the start there. We thought Jordan Reed would be the right tackle. He's someone who has added 30 pounds uh, uh, since last season, is someone who uh, has gotten pretty good reviews. So I think they're expecting solid things from him. We expected that. Left tackle, AJR Curry, we thought that might be the case because Cole Chewins uh, has been kind of in and out, mostly out uh, this offseason, dealing with a back issue. He's not going to dress. Uh, against Tulsa, and I think that's noteworthy because when he's fully healthy, Cole Chewins is the best left tackle on this team, and I think he could be a difference maker on the line. And that's not to criticize AJR Curry, uh, but I think Chewins has just shown that he he can be a capable left tackle out there, and he's just dealing with a back thing. That's tough with big guys, uh, you know, someone who's six five, six six. Uh, that size, that athletic, playing that physical position, you know, back issues can kind of come and go and they can be nagging and that's really tough. So um, that was the case with Chewins. He's not in the too deep, not playing against Tulsa. And then Tyler Higby is back at starting left guard. Uh, D'Antonio played a little bit coy with Higby uh, throughout fall camp, but did reveal today, revealed yesterday that Higby was back about a week into fall camp from his offseason surgery, fully recovered, and then was able to work his way back and perform at a level that they put him in the starting left guard spot. So I think that's good. I think he's the best left guard on the team, and hopefully he can uh, maintain good health through the season because that will be uh, pretty big for Michigan State's line. Also noteworthy, uh, Devontae Dobbs, Nick Samek, and uh, J.D. Duplain, who are the three True freshmen who have kind of made some waves in camp, especially Dobbs, who is the highly regarded five-star recruit. Samak's a pretty good, uh, well-regarded recruit, enrolled early, and they have had a lot of positive things to say about him. Uh, Michigan State doesn't go three deep, 
on the offensive uh, line depth chart. And so none of those guys were on it, but D'Antonio said there is a chance that those guys could see action, wouldn't rule it out. And it sounds like they're all going to be dressing. So we'll see if they're platooning a lot, uh, if they're bringing guys in and out, if there's ever a chance for like a second unit, say Michigan State's up 28 points in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. You know, maybe we see Dobbs, maybe we see Samek, uh, and some, some of the reserves come in, but those guys aren't on the initial uh, two deep, and that wasn't a major shock there. It'd be kind of surprising. Uh, although they've gotten good reviews out of camp, it'd be a little bit surprising for them to have jumped up this early, and I think more concerning because that is a tough transition for an offensive lineman as a true freshman coming from high school and then playing college football right away. It's really tough for a true freshman to do, especially right off the jump. Then at running back, yeah, well, We'll, uh, we'll touch on running back here real quick and then uh, head into a commercial break. At running back, Ladarius, uh, excuse me, Connor Hayward was listed as the only starter on the depth chart. And then behind him, Ladarius Jefferson, Elijah, Collin, Elijah Collins, and Anthony Williams Jr. all had the or de- designation that uh, you'll remember so famously from the four-way quarterback battle where it was a three or four guys all with oars at the quarterback spot. A uh, little bit different here. Uh, Hayward looks like is going to be the guy going into at least the first series, but D'Antonio called the situation, uh, he said, pretty fluid, and then he said very fluid with the running back group. So we know uh, Hayward can do some stuff. He's a versatile player that can bring a lot of a lot of positives. Uh, wasn't the most impressive between the tackles runner and has some room to, to grow there. And you know, an offseason could do that. It was his first full season as like a running back playing in the Big Ten. Same with Ladarius Jefferson coming out of high school as an option quarterback. So I think, you know, the reviews have been positive for all these guys. And I think there's going to be, like we've been talking about, a bit of a timeshare uh, committee, whatever you want to call it, until someone really establishes themselves. And I think everyone's going to get a chance to do it. And I think, you know, Brandon Wright, uh, true freshman, was not an early enrollee like Anthony Williams Jr. So he's, you know, really just a few weeks into his college football career. Wasn't listed on the depth chart, but D'Antonio did say, um, well, he didn't say specifically like he'll get a shot, but it was sort of like a, we'll see how it's going. We'll see how he's doing. Uh, I think if, you know, Michigan State isn't really getting a ground game going, uh, you might see Brandon Wright in the first game or two. Uh, if Michigan State gets a big lead and you start seeing backups, that's that could be a chance for Brandon Wright to get some carries. I think we'll see a little bit more of Eli Collins than we thought initially. He's been someone who's kind of, had probably the most positive headlines coming out of camp uh, in terms of someone you know coming from the back of the pack to the front. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a good look too early in the season. All right, let's take a quick break right there. When we get back, we'll continue with the depth chart stuff that is uh, noteworthy, and then we will get to Matt Hepner from The Only Colors. Guys, football season is back. It's back. There is a game this Friday at Spartan Stadium. And if you need tickets to the game, you need to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the easy-to-use Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, because we know Vivid Seats love loves making things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards, and for the month of August, you earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. So you buy tickets, you get credit back, you put that credit towards your next ticket purchase. It is a, If you're someone who's buying tickets, going to concerts, going to games, theater, whatever it is, 
get your tickets through Vivid Seats, be on the loyalty rewards program, and you're just like, you're earning points the entire time. It's a great way to go about this. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app, and then you'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase with Vivid Seats is, of course, backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That is promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Guys, NFL season begins next week. Woo! That means Crossover Wednesday will be back. Uh, for the entire regular NFL season, you will get a special episode every Wednesday as your local host. So if you're Locked On Lions, you listen to Locked On Lions with Matt Derry and the Lions are playing the Cardinals in week one, that Wednesday you're going to get a crossover episode where the two hosts of Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Lions do a show together. It's really great. Opposing sides meet up and you preview the excitement of the game happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast and be sure to not miss the NFL listeners favorite segment. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, Let's get back into this depth chart conversation with tight end. Uh, So Matt Dotson, starter there, no surprise, right? He's the guy, uh, highly touted recruit, expected big things from him last year, maybe wasn't the greatest season for him. A lot of good things said about him in terms of uh, his knowledge of the game, knowledge of the position, knowledge of the offense, preparation. Uh, it's all been positive so far, and I think we're expecting big things out of Dotson this season. But behind him, we kind of thought Trenton Gillison would be the backup, uh, you know, redshirt freshman, top 250 recruit, four-star guy, really good pedigree. Uh, someone who I think will ultimately make a big impact here at Michigan State. But he was listed third on the uh, the depth chart. Matt Seibert is listed as the backup. Uh, Seibert was a defensive end. He was a tight end, then a defensive end. Now he's back to tight end. And he's also the backup fullback. So I think the big thing there is Seibert is, is more of a blocking guy, an H-back type role that you'll see with the Michigan State offense. Uh, someone who, you know, doesn't do a ton of the pass catching stuff will go out on the occasional route, but it's used a lot as a blocker in line, uh, and is on those wham type plays and, um, you know, almost like a pulling guard type thing setting up in the backfield. And I think Seibert's going to be doing a lot of that. So he's going to see snaps. Uh, it may not be in a traditional tight end capacity, more of an H back hybrid fullback role. Uh, but I think that's why he's listed there. D'Antonio did say, you know, Gillison's going to play. Gillison, this is going to be his first real opportunity. He had some time last year as a true freshman, stayed under the four game uh, to to keep his red shirt. Uh, And this is going to be his first chance where he's like, hey, you're going to go and you got to be a contributor. And so I think they're still expecting big things from him. He's a young guy. Uh, he's got to, you know, learn the nuances, learn how to play tight end at the college level, learn how to get open, learn how to be a crisp route runner and all the stuff that comes with that while also being an effective blocker. Uh, but the pedigree's there and, you know, maybe by the end of the season, we start to see some of that promise. Uh, and then, you know, going into next season, we've got really good confidence in him. Like, Hey, this guy is going to be a player. I wouldn't expect a ton right out of the gate. More Matt Dotson uh, this year in terms of expectations. At receiver, everything was pretty straightforward. Cody White, Daryl Stewart, Jalen Naylor as starters. Uh, White and Stewart on the outside, Naylor in the slot. Larice Nelson, CJ Hayes, and Cam Chambers are their primary backups. Uh, the interesting thing here, I wanted to see where Julian Barnett ended up. Uh, true freshman, top 60 recruit in the country. 
really dynamic playmaker, someone who could end up playing on both sides of the ball for Michigan State at some point in his career, kind of like Justin Lane. Uh, He's listed at the third spot at the Z receiver behind Daryl Stewart and Cam Chambers. And then uh, opposite him, Trey Mosley, true freshman, who a lot of people have had nice things to say about. was a really good high school player, and it looks like he's you know, could be a Cody White type player here at Michigan State. He's listed third at the X spot, which is, of course, behind Cody White and C.J. Hayes. And so uh, interesting to see those guys third, not surprising, but uh, I don't think we'll see a ton of them soon. Maybe, you know, the four-game redshirt rule is really nice. I think Julian Barnett will ultimately burn his redshirt this year. We'll see about Trey Mosley. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to because of injuries or something like that. But I think we'll see more of Julian Barnett. Uh, maybe we'll see them in the opener. Maybe we'll see them a couple times early here. Uh, but it'll certainly be exciting when they get their chance. But they are, you know, down the depth chart a little bit. No surprises at linebacker. Antoine Simmons wins the starting job at star, which we thought uh, just Lord Botang will back him up as a redshirt freshman. Noah Harvey is going to be Joe Bocci's primary backup. Uh, he had been battling with Ed Warner for that spot. And then Brandon Boyer-Randall is the backup Sam, linebacker behind Tariq Thompson. Uh, we know he's going to use uh, pass rush, be used in pass rush pass rush situations as a uh, blitzer and then, you know, pass coverage as well. More athletic, Denikos Allen type, not to say he's going to be that productive, but that's the kind of role that he'll bring. Someone who can come off the edge and blitz packages, get you a couple sacks. Uh, Interesting at punt returner, Speedy Naylor is returning punts. Uh, He did that in the Red Box Bowl. I think it's something that uh, I know fans wanted to see it last year. I wanted to see it at times last year when the punt return game was really struggling. So that's good. D'Antonio said he likes what he brings back there. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Maybe he can end up breaking one. Uh, he's got all the tools to be a good punt returner. And then Daryl Stewart is the primary kick returner. Uh, him and Naylor could, you know, D'Antonio didn't want to get into specifics on formation. Uh, in terms of schematics for kick returns, but I think we could see Stewart and Naylor back there fielding kicks together instead of Connor Hayward, which those guys, not to say Hayward's a bad, uh, bad athlete. He's, a, I think, a much better athlete than we give credit for um, and did a decent job, but I think with Stewart back there and with Naylor back there, there's just a little bit more of an explosive nature to it uh, is kind of how D'Antonio would say it, things of that nature. Uh, and at Holder, this is huge. Brian Lewerke, no longer the holder. Jake Hartberger is now the primary holder. Uh, and Tyler Hunt is the backup holder. So Brian Lewerke is not holding four kicks anymore for whatever that is worth. Not a ton, but... Uh, so those are the major notes. Again, not too many surprises. A couple things of intrigue on the offensive line, running back especially. Uh, tight end a little bit. But other than that, pretty standard depth chart for Michigan State. I think we'll start getting more interesting ones down the line here. And maybe they won't be surprising because... We'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously, Connor Hayward was great. Of course he's going to be the starter. Or Ladarius Jefferson broke out in the first game. He's going to start the second game. Stuff like that, we'll see. Um, you know, Hopefully not too many crazy depth chart questions this year for Michigan State. The more consistent it can stay, uh, the better for the results this season. All right, we'll take a break right there. When we get back, Matt Hapner will join us, and we'll do a little season preview action. As long day at work, still stuck at the office, we'll open the DoorDash app, Choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, happy to be joined now by Matt Hepner from The Only Colors. Uh, if you listened to this show last fall, you know Matt. Uh, he comes in every week, does a film room breakdown uh, and recaps it here on the podcast. Matt writes for The Only Colors. 
uh, and we are very happy to have him joining us again this season. Matt, how are you doing today? Are you excited for some football? Oh, I, I am more than excited for some football. I think uh, I think everybody's ready to get the season uh, kicked off and going at this point. What uh, Are you like cautiously optimistic is kind of the word I've been heard thrown around the most? Or, or where are you at? Are you cautiously optimistic, straight up optimistic, worried? Where are you at? I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I, I like a lot of what I've heard, you know, and, and I'm one of these guys that I'm kind of subscribing to the, the, the notion of, you know, there, there's some good pieces here. We just kind of, kind of have to find a way to get it all working together and, and, mm-hmm. and, and really roll in the right way. And I, I think they can do it, but I will have to see, but I, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> it's, it's good to go at least into the year with that mindset. And honestly, I, I don't even know how it could get as bad as it did last season. I, I, I know you didn't expect last season. I didn't expect last season, but I think there's just like no chance that it gets that way this year. Um, as far as the offense and changes to the offense, because that's what a lot of this offseason has been focused on. Um, what are you hoping to see? Like what sort of changes do you want to see from this offense, knowing that we're not going to see like the most major changes ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, and look, this is something that like we, we, we talked about a lot last year. We talked about in the off season, you and I have had this conversation uh, variations of several times, but I think what I really want to see is I want to see the offense being used in a way that puts the players in the best chance to succeed. Like, Use your guys' skill sets correctly. Don't try and fit a square peg into a round hole. Look at what you have and say, okay, we've we've got some guys. There's there's talent here. There's things that these guys do well. Let's try and get the most out of that as possible. And I think that on the, 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 you know, the two seasons that have been kind of really the, the step back or the walk back seasons that we've had, uh, over the last couple of years have really been the result of the, the offensive coaching staff not adjusting to their personnel and trying to just keep doing the same thing that they were doing before. And and it, it, it didn't work. And I'm hoping that the reshuffling of the staff and the changes and, and how bad things got last year will have had the effect of at least making them all take a step back and kind of look and reevaluate the whole picture and, and you know, start using your personnel properly. Who's somebody you think was kind of misused last season? And, like, what's the proper way to use them? Because, like, you know, we think of Brian Lewerke, and I, we don't know if they, like, made him focus more on being a pocket passer, but it was clear even at the beginning of last season before he got hurt, like, he was trying really hard to be a pocket passer, and he's talked about it you know, finding that balance between running and passing, um, you know, what are some other examples you can think of, of guys that you would like to see used differently and how would you like them to be used? Well, I mean, yeah, you're the little thing is, is, is a big one. And obviously, you know, he, he's the, he's the conductor. He's going to be driving the train for the offense. So if, if he's not being used properly, it kind of has a trickle down effect on everybody else. Yeah. But you know, the other thing it, it's part of, it's just like scheme, like, you know, Connor Hayward does a lot of good, does a lot of things well, but he's not your typical pound green pound Michigan State running back. You're not going to be able to line up 
in the I formation and just run Hayward at people, you know, 35 times a game. It's not going to work. So you got to find other ways to, to, to run the ball, whether it's, you know, traditional running or, or, you know, option stuff or, or, you know, I mean, Hayward is versatile and can do just about anything you ask him to. So yeah. ask him to do some different things. Yeah. Like the quick bass game with him. Like he's got great hands. Yeah. And he, and he can, you know, he gets up field quickly. I mean, he, he broke a couple of, of those big ones last year. It's like, just get him out in space and let him do some stuff. You know, he, he, his North to South, once he gets going, he's faster than a lot of people think. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, uh, what else, like, I guess what on the offense in the first few games, are you going to be looking for to say like, okay, things are going to be all right. Like what will signify to you that there is hope on that side of the ball that they can find a pulse this season and be uh, a competent unit? Well, I mean, I think the, the number one most important thing that you're going to be looking for to see is that, you know, this just, you know, easy thing to kind of pick up on is going to be, are they sustaining more drive? And it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is resulting in points, but, you know, they, they've got to be able to get, even if they get a couple first downs, three first downs, and can flip field position, that, that's a big improvement from where we were a year ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I want them to be finishing drives and, and finishing in the red zone, because that's another one, is I want to see them converting touchdowns in the red zone instead of settling for field goals. And, and really just, you know, it's the the fluidity. I mean, that's another thing that you'll be able to pick up on. Is the play calling fluidity any better? Does it make sense? Or are you still scratching your head like, well, what, what, what was that call? Why would you do that? Things were going so well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 I think it's going to be a big eye test thing. I mean, if you've been watching Michigan state for the last couple of years, and especially last year, like, you know, a competent offense is going to jump off the screen at you compared to what we've been witnessing that's what we've been talking about like they don't need to be good they need to have a pulse like the the room for improvement is insane like they were 114th in s&p plus i think they're 115th in scoring and 107th in rushing like just the most like one of the worst power five offenses like second or third worst power five offense in the entire country last year, like just be middle of the pack in the big 10 and you're good. Um, what do you think uh, are, are the things on offense that are keeping you most cautiously optimistic instead of just flat out optimistic? What What's the big thing that you uh, are worried about heading into the season? I mean, it's the offensive line. Yeah. That's really, I mean, the, the, the trenches is, is where you win and lose football games. And, the offensive line last year just, you know, didn't really get it done. They never really gelled together the way you, you kind of were hoping that they would. It was, you know, and you, you, there were injuries and guys in and out, but it, they, they just didn't ever really put it together. And, you know, that, that makes it real tough to do what you want to do on offense. Now, mm-hmm. they, they weren't awful. They just weren't able to do what, they, you know, what, what they were being asked to do. So, you know, maybe this year we're trying some different things. We're, we're, you know, using some different blocking schemes. We're trying to take advantage of their skill sets more. 
than just, you know, trying to line up and run the ball right at the teeth of the other defense because that just did not work with this group last year. Now, they got bigger, and I'm hoping they're going to be better. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're already seeing, you know, Chewins is out to start the season, you know, again, like he was last year. You know, is that going to be kind of derailing like it was where all of a sudden, you know, last year you're, you're, you're shuffling guys constantly trying to find where everyone fits in best, or is this group going to come together after having played together for, you know, a little while and, and figure it out. But that's, I mean, that's really where it is. The offensive line, I, I, you've got to see improvement in that area, both in the run game and in the pass protection too. Yeah. I am a little bit worried about Cole Chewins because it's a back and with alignment with a guy that big um, backs can be super tricky. And it's something that's nagging. Like it's, it's just kept right. them out at different times and it's been with them since spring, you know, in and out taking days off um, and all that stuff to try to rehab it. So I'm a little bit worried about that because I think he is a good player. Um, but I think if you can just keep five guys together for uh, half the season, then they will, you know, come together at some point. That's how offensive lines work. It's it's a total team mm-hmm. sort of thing within the team game. Um, you're doing film room reviews again this year at the Only Colors, right? Yes. Real quick, just tell the people who don't know about them, just what do you do there? What are you trying to accomplish? And, and how do you go about doing it? Yeah, so uh, I've been doing these for several years, both um, uh, for the Only Colors and then before that uh, at the site I was at before. And, uh, you know, basically, I, I, usually it's on Monday. This first week, it'll probably get pushed to Tuesday because of the holiday and, like, nobody's really paying attention on Labor Day. But yeah. <laughs> Monday, usually it drops and we do, you know, and I just I try and look at, you know, three, four plays or maybe a drive, break it down, get the, you know, get the telestrator out there, right? Put some gifs in there, like X's yeah. and O's it and say what worked, what didn't this was a big play. Why did this work? Why did this not work? Here was a mistake that happened, you know? So we look at good plays, we look at bad plays, both on offense and on defense and try and kind of, you know, break down, you know, what are some things that are, that are, that are working or maybe what are some things that are not? And towards the end of last season, it was a a lot more of the (laughs) latter. It was all not the last four weeks of the season you came on. We were just miserable together. Um, So, we're looking forward to that. And then, you know, after that, I try to drag Matt onto the show and get him to talk with me about that. So hopefully we'll be able to do that this year, some deep dives on some specific plays that do a good job of illustrating just what's going on with Michigan State. So hopefully we can do that. Matt, thanks so much uh, for making time for me today. Really appreciate it. And we will uh, for sure catch up with you down the road. All right. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, thanks a ton from uh, Matt there for joining the show. Always appreciate talking to him. Good insight, good conversation with him as always. Uh, Hopefully he'll be back every single week to do his film room breakdown, and hopefully it's way happier than it was last season because it was a drag the last few weeks of the season going through that. Uh, That's the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked On Spartans. We will be back tomorrow. We've got a new guest for the first time ever. We'll welcome in... Dakota Gregory. Dakota covers uh, Tulsa football for Tulsa World Sports Extra. So looking forward to that. Get some insights onto uh, this Tulsa team, what they do well, what they might not do so well, and how they stack up with Michigan State. So looking forward to that tomorrow. 
And we'll also do just some general preview stuff. I'll, before we have Dakota on, I'll give you some stats. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Baylor connection to this Tulsa team and things like that. So dive in head first into Tulsa here for the next couple of days. Looking forward to that. So we will see you tomorrow.